Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast, where it's our goal here to communicate some late breaking news and thoughtful insights into the broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the broad stakeholders that are involved in the ResNet ecosystem. Now, whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, and that's what we'll be talking about today, you'll want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. This is a part of the way the ResNet community is reaching out to hear you and engage. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've worked in the HVACR and building performance markets for almost 30 years. I've been working with a fine team at ResNet for nearly that whole time. After listening, if you like what you heard and you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so by typing ResTalk, that's R-E-S-T-A-L-K, into the search bar in your podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whichever form you use to listen, and that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they launch. You can also listen in your browser by following the links at resnet.us slash professional. If you're a consumer and want to learn more about the benefits of the home energy rating system, cruise on over to resnet.us, and there's a whole section there for consumers that you can learn from. Now, in today's episode, we'll hear from David Heslam and Ryan Mears. David's with the Earth Advantage Institute. Ryan is with ResNet, staff member. They're going to discuss how ResNet and the Earth Advantage Institute are teaming up to seamlessly deliver home energy ratings information to the real estate community. Now, this is a pilot project. It's happening in Portland, Oregon, and they're pulling information from the HERS rating database into the Green Buildings database and then into the multi-list system, the regional multi-list service in Portland, Oregon. So we're going to discuss the inner workings of how the database interfaces with the National Green Building Registry. Ryan's going to describe how ResNet is making this happen by running this pilot program and working with David Heslam and the Earth Advantage Institute in Portland, Oregon, David's hometown. Now, there's a tremendous opportunity here for real estate community to serve a need as 71% of consumers value green housing attributes, yet only 35% of real estate professionals feel comfortable discussing them. So here's a chance for real estate professionals to really shine and to provide more value to their clients. Okay, listen up as we speak with Ryan and David on this fun topic of home energy ratings and providing the big green button. David, how are you doing? Doing great. Really happy to be here today and looking forward to the conversation. Super. And Ryan, thank you for coming on board too. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bill. Glad to be back. So Ryan's with ResNet. And David, you're really kind of the guest and the leader of the conversation here today. Tell us why you're here. What organization do you represent and how does that tie into ResNet? I'm the executive director of Earth Advantage, and we're a nonprofit based in Portland, Oregon. And we've been working for over a decade at really trying to get the value of energy efficient and green buildings reflected in the home buying transactions. And trying to figure out where there are missing links in order for that to really take place. So part of that work is on our team, we actually have HERS raters, lead green raters, and we certify buildings, we rate buildings. But in working with our builders over the years and other stakeholders, we've realized we need to do more than just create those ratings and certifications. We've needed to try and help the real estate industry 
understand the value of that information and then make it easy for them to access that information when they need it. So I'm here today because uh, ResNet is doing a pilot with Earth Advantage to get HERS ratings auto-populated right into our multiple listing service here in Oregon. And it's exciting that we'll be able to get that information in there basically at the click of a button. We've already built that functionality out with an IT system called the Green Building Registry that can pull in data and then pass it to multiple listing services. And our multiple listing service here locally, the regional multiple listing service is what it's called, or RMLS, they have connected with our Green Building Registry literally with one big green button (laughs) that allows a listing agent when they're making a listing to just click this button and have it download information from the Green Building Registry. So it's going to be able to pull in a HERS rating automatically if it exists for a home. That's key right there is it has to exist already. So is there some other effort to get homes into the Green Building Registry and get them rated? Locally here in Portland, we are a city that has already a mandatory time of listing scoring policy. So right now, homes are getting a home energy score before time of listing. And then there are new homes that are getting HERS ratings. There are also new homes that are getting certified either to LEED standards or Earth Advantage standards. And that information is already flowing. So the key here is that we're going to make sure that the ResNet information that's held in ResNet's registry has a chance to join this other stream of information that's already flowing. And then with efforts like our effort with the Green Building Registry is actually not just a local effort, it's a national effort where we're working with partners in other states as well. And then I think Ryan can probably tell you about ResNet's future plans is to not just work with us and our Green Building Registry, but to look for other partners where they can also be exporting their data in a way that allows for this automated transfer and upload. Sure. Ryan, let's hear from you about how this all works together. Yeah. So ResNet has developed an API, which allows us to feed information from the ResNet registry into other data providers. And there's a wide range of companies that provide data to various MLSs across the country. And there's over 800 MLSs across the entire US. And data aggregators are responsible for providing a wide variety of information, including tax records and, and, and school information and any kind of information you could think of about a home and the property that it's on. So we're essentially looking to be able to feed our information through a service like Earth Advantage's uh, Green Building Registry or through other data aggregators that are also working to feed information to MLSs. David, you're located in Portland, and that's where the Earth Advantage Institute is? Yeah, we're located right in downtown Portland. Then we have satellite offices around the state as well. What brings you to this point in your career that you're directing the Earth Advantage Institute? Where did you come from? I actually used to be a builder, worked for other builders in the 90s, started my own green building company, Back then, building custom homes, remodeling homes for folks. I'm a lucky guy in that (laughs) I actually decided to move from having my own company to move into the nonprofit world to do education and research-related work just as the downturn was starting and nobody knew 
how bad the recession was going to be for the contracting world. But I was able to actually sell my business and start working full time at the nonprofit, really with a focus on this effort, Uh, meaning how do you get the right information about a home calculated and shared for that home so that you can get the value of it correctly represented in a transaction. And for me, that really, the desire to do that actually came from working with customers on their homes. I was very fortunate in that I marketed myself as a green builder, and I was one of the first folks to do that in Portland, Oregon. And when I did that, a lot of customers came to my business and said, I want to build an energy efficient green home or I want my home remodeled to be an energy efficient green home. But we didn't have necessarily at the beginning the right ways of measuring that or talking to them about what that meant. That was one of the main things that that I thought instead of just working on one home at a time, perhaps by working at a nonprofit focused on these issues, I could help create systems that would allow more contractors and more homeowners to be able to get this information created and shared. I have to say I am lucky and fortunate that that all worked out. (laughs) I actually have been in the right place at the right time, I think, in order to make something like this happen. And then working here actually with the city of Portland, where their local leadership, both the elected officials and the staff at the city really took leadership positions in saying, yeah, we believe it's important to have the energy performance of a home be disclosed, be transparent within the home purchasing process. And they realized that isn't going to make an overnight change people's behavior or the way lenders lend money, but they were willing to take a leadership stance, knowing that if they started that, it would make a difference down the road. And it also might create a ripple effect where other cities or states would copy it. And then you could really see impacts start to grow within the lending industry, especially. Are you tuned into those channels? And perhaps maybe Ryan can voice in here to say that this is of interest, that there are other communities or or regions that are showing interest here. Where are the bright spots that you're aware of, either of you guys? I'll just tell you, we work very closely with the city of Portland. And for the past year, they've been fielding calls from other interested cities in the United States and also in Canada who want to know how the city created their policy on energy performance disclosure, and right down to the technical details of how are they getting the information shared with their local multiple listing service. So broadly, I would say, look at the cities that have already taken action on commercial building energy benchmarking. And there's over 20 cities that have done that. And those are your prime targets. They've already taken the step of requiring commercial buildings to report energy performance every year, those are the cities that are the most likely to also think, oh, it's only logical for residential buildings to also be reporting on energy performance. And there's no better time to do that than when a home gets listed so it can be considered in a transaction. That's right. 
Ryan, any take on that? Any amplification of those details? Just in the past about six or eight months, have had conversations with five different data aggregators. So that's the those companies that are interested in providing this ResNet energy efficiency, uh, HERS rating data to real estate portals. And also there's about a dozen states that have expressed interest, at least the local MLSs within those states. And that includes almost all of New England, as well as uh, Arizona and Iowa and New York, local MLSs within those states that have expressed interest to ResNet and being able to obtain our HERS rating data. What could the listeners do? People that are listening to this podcast, perhaps they're in an area where nothing is being done or it's being looked at, but how could they connect? What kind of message, what kind of information, who should they be targeting? I would say, I guess the important thing for realtors and real estate agents that might be listening is that to make sure that their MLS has the green fields available so that they can be populated. That's really the first step as far as the realtor and getting this information into the listings is that those fields have to be available. The green fields need to be available in the local MLS. That's kind of a first step on the listing side. I would agree with Ryan on that. And I've actually heard real estate professionals describe themselves as data scientists, whereas (laughs) like real estate data scientists versus we tend to describe ourselves as building scientists. Because the realtor community, basically all of their work revolves around what readily available information is there about properties. That's how they help a homeowner who's thinking about selling determine what the best sales price should be for that property, for their local market at that moment in time. And traditionally, green fields, like Ryan mentioned, weren't available. We worked out here with other stakeholders and our MLS in 2007 to actually get greenfields. It was the very first MLS in the country that added greenfields in the spring of 2007. Subsequent to that, many other MLSs added them, but they added them all according to their own plan. So it wasn't until years later that a standard was developed by the Real Estate Standards Organization, RISO. And they actually have a standard for all fields that should be included in an MLS system. It's called the Rezo Data Dictionary. And within that, there's actually a whole section of green fields. So there's so much assistance out there now for a multiple listing service that wants to add the green fields. That dictionary exists. The Council of MLSs, which is a national organization, has created a guide for greening your MLS. So local realtors, if you're listening and you don't have green fields on your MLS or you think maybe the green fields ought to be modified, those are great resources that have been established by national organizations to try and create consistency in how this information is aggregated into the multiple listing service and then made available to share. And it's just really key, I'll point out, and the realtors listening will know this, but perhaps the raiders listening won't, your local MLS is the the system of record for transactions. People might find the home that they eventually buy on some other site like a Redfin or Zillow or Realtor.com, or there's quite a few of those sites now that make it easy to find properties, but they are typically fed the information 
for those listings from the local MLS. And that local MLS is the system of record. So later on, once you've had your offer accepted and the appraiser needs to go find comparable sales, comps, to create an opinion of value for your home, they don't go to Redfin and Zillow and Realtor.com to find that. They go to the local system of record, the local MLS system, and they search that system to find those comparable sales. So it is just to back up, Ryan, again, like getting the information or getting the capacity to contain that information in these green fields in your local MLS system is just a great first step. And it really is a step that requires a local realtor to take that step because the realtors are the members of their local MLS. As much as Ryan and I might want to go in and be the ones to help an MLS add their fields or modify it, we could only make suggestions and raters could only make suggestions. It really has to come from within the local real estate community. Would you recommend that raters and builders who are familiar with the HERS rating concept talk to the realtors and the appraisers and make sure that they know of this? I mean, that's part of the idea of the community of the podcast is to get people engaged, involved, and understanding things. Yes. If you're a raider and you don't have a friend that's a realtor, you should go make a friend that's a realtor. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's good for business. (laughs) If you believe in what you do, it's what you do. Right. And you should talk to them about how adding green fields and then how adding something like auto population capability of those green fields is a win-win-win, really, for the seller of the property, the buyer of the property, the financial side, being those appraisers who need to find the information later, having that information in there. So there's just transparency and ease of access. It's going to enable buyers to show the preference that they have for energy efficiency. Because we know from surveys that buyers have a preference for energy efficiency. They want an energy efficient home. It's just oftentimes the information about that isn't being recorded in that system of record, the local MLS. How do you ground that in any statistics or where does that notion come from that the majority are interested? Yeah, well, Rocky Mountain Institute has published and spoken recently, pulling information from different surveys, including those from the National Association of Realtors. And they have a great statistic where they share that 71% of home buyers nationally think that energy and efficiency is an important factor in purchasing a home. It actually places like third on their list overall in terms of importance. But at the same time, we only have 35% of realtors who say they feel comfortable explaining energy efficiency to their customers. So we have this gap right now between what buyers say they think is important about the homes they're trying to find to buy and what the realtor community is saying that they have the capacity or the comfort level in talking about. So to close that gap, if we can automate the delivery of the information so it's being delivered there in a consistent way, that'll make it easier for the realtors Certainly. to talk about it. And we'll be meeting the needs of these home buyers who are stating, hey, this is important to us. Like, I want to know about the energy efficiency of the homes I'm looking at. 
So we're recording this podcast in advance of actual launch or drop in the podcast. So three episodes ago, we spoke with Sandy Adamatis. So please look that up if you're following this podcast. She's with Adamatis Appraisal and has been very influential in getting the green fields listed. And her podcast talks about energy efficiency, has value when you can measure it, market it, and sell for it. So this would be a great companion episode to listen to along with the one from Sandy, which was three episodes ago. And Sandy does a lot of training for the Appraisal Institute, which is the largest association of appraisers in the US. And she helped the Appraisal Institute develop their appraisal addendum for green and energy efficient homes, which is basically a form that can be filled out and supplies supplemental information to what an appraiser finds in the MLS system. A vision that we at Earth Advantage share with a lot of other folks is that someday the appraisal addendum won't be needed anymore because we'll have this data just flowing right into the multiple listing service, right? If it's flowing in there for all homes where it exists, then the exciting thing is it'll just be factored into every purchase by the buyers It'll be there for analysis by the appraisers for every home. It can even start feeding right into the automated valuation tools that the appraisal and lending communities use. That's the sort of a exciting future that I think lays out there that we're just getting these steps happening now by starting to auto-populate this information from the places it exists, like ResNet's registry right into these multiple listing services. Ryan, how long do you think this is going to take? (laughs) When are we going to achieve David's vision here? It's going to be a little while. It's going to take some time. What has really enabled us to get to a point where we are now is that ResNet has over 2 million homes that have been HERS rated, which is finally starting to become a significant number. When you look at some of the largest companies that provide data to multiple listing services, they have data on, in some cases, a hundred plus million homes. And so the fact that we've achieved uh, 2 million homes HERS rated last year, and we're adding somewhere between 200 and 240,000 homes each year is starting to really become a significant number. And that's the reason that we're able to start to gain this traction with organizations and companies interested in getting this data and providing it to real estate listings. It'll take a little bit of time, but I suspect that after we're done with this pilot with Earth Advantage and we've kind of proven that this API works and it's effective, then in in 2019, we'll begin a more full rollout of this HERS rating data that other companies can start and begin to populate MLSs with. There was a mention before of the home energy score And how does that compare to the HERS rating? Is that a topic we can talk about? I think we can talk about that. Earth Advantage actually has been participating for the last couple of years in a project led by NASIO, which is the National Association of State Energy Offices. It's been a five-state effort. It has a cute name called Empress, which I can't actually tell you I remember exactly what Empress stands for. But the whole goal of that was how do we harmonize information coming from the home energy score with information coming from HERS ratings so that 
for the real estate community, they can simply understand, oh, I'm looking at energy performance information from a system that has third-party quality assurance trained professionals producing it. Therefore, I can trust it as a verified source. So what that means most of the time is HERS ratings come from work that was done by raters on new construction. And home energy scores come from home energy score assessors working on homes that are older homes, not new construction homes. And the methodologies of the two are built for those two different realities. The HERS rating protocol requires that you're able to examine and test in a way that really lines up with new construction well and collects many more data points than you would collect for the home energy score. The home energy score is designed as something that, for instance, a home inspector trained in building science can deliver the home energy score. There's less training involved than would be required to become a HERS rater. But that Empress effort that I talked about led by NASIO is really an attempt to show the real estate marketplace, including home buyers, home sellers, and realtors and appraisers, how these two sources of information can coexist and even be displayed in, in a common way, but still showing where the information came from. As an example, EarthAdvantage is actually, we're setting up a green building registry for the state of Missouri. And the state of Missouri has developed a new scorecard in alignment with the guidelines for a home energy scorecard that were established from this Empress work. And so if the data is coming from a HERS rating, it'll state that there was a HERS rating for this house what the HERS rating number is for that house, but it'll display it alongside the estimated energy consumption and the associated energy costs for that house. Very similarly, if that house instead had the data supplied through a home energy score, it would have the home energy score listed, but it would also have the estimated energy use for that house and the estimated energy cost that house. And that report generation is all being automated based on a supply of this underlying data from either system. That's an example of a state that said, hey, we want to help the market understand information coming from either a home energy score or a HERS rating and make it easy for the real estate community to see and understand that information, no matter the source. Got it. You provided me some links to some things you've done before, and I found one of the slides, and you explained this very clearly. You have the energy guide, the MPG sticker, the credit rating. Those are all the kind of things, the labels that guide consumer behavior and drive the marketplace to understanding and taking action. So I think that's a really nice summary slide you provided there. Hey, and one thing I just recognized is the two systems that are worked there in Portland are HES and HERS. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's recognized that before, but it's kind of like little bath towels and things like that. <laughs> yeah, occasionally that is mentioned. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nobody has actually printed the bath towels yet. I don't have that on the wall of my office or anything. But who knows? That yeah. might be coming. <laughs> That's an aspiration. Come on, you got all this other stuff going. You need other aspirations, man. Let's keep moving. 
So what do you think is going to drive these things? What has to happen? What's the tipping point? How are things going to be reached? Or what do we need to reach for you to consider this to be a success and to start to really take traction? Is it just more consumer engagement, more real estate appraiser engagement? What's got to happen? All of the above, (laughs) probably. I think for real mass adoption, this actually goes back to one of the founding considerations of ResNet, which was how do we supply the right information that will allow the lending community to act? When the lending community, the mortgage lending community specifically, is including the consideration of energy efficiency and energy use and energy cost directly into their underwriting, that is when you are going to see this really take off because then it'll make a difference for folks. They're going to see it right in the bottom line before they ever get to comparing the homes they're looking at, before they ever get to the appraiser, just when they're getting qualified for their loans, there'll be the capacity for it to be like, well, and as you know, the more energy efficient the home you're looking at, the more home you can afford. Sure. And that might sound far-fetched. I actually don't think that's that far-fetched. This has been something that the founders of the ResNet community were working on since before ResNet was even started in the 80s. And now, right now, you have folks at Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, which are the largest purchasers of mortgages, they are right now examining how they can include the key metrics in their mind, which they're still trying to figure out what the key metrics might be into their standard underwriting processes. So it's hard to say they work on it in collaboration because they're competitors in the marketplace and they're not allowed to collaborate on something unless their governing body, (laughs) the Federal Housing Finance Authority, allows them to collaborate on something. But they're both working on it in the near term. They will be told to collaborate on it, I believe. And if we see those key metrics added to the standard data set that they use for their underwriting, and that means it'll be included right in their automated underwriting software. When that happens, boom, you have the capacity for this to really take off. To go broadband. Yeah, really take off because now it really will represent value. Hey, you buy that more energy efficient house and you might be able to afford a house that has one more bathroom or some other feature that you wanted in that house just because you're getting the one that's more efficient and that's being recognized. Now, that obviously can vary market by market because every last thing about real estate is local. But that's the long term future. And my hopes are really that that's the short-term future and that's not a long-term one. So let me ask you, it's actually a personal question. I'm in the process of designing and building next year an energy-efficient or a high-performance home. Where do I go to find out, or do I just, what kind of question do I ask of the lenders that are out there to see if they appreciate this? Well, right now, today, for your long-term mortgage that you would have for that home, Fannie Mae does have a product right now called a home style energy loan where they can take the energy efficiency information of your home into account for that mortgage product. 
and they can actually allow you to finance uh, extra money up front to pay for the added energy efficiency features that you want because they know your utility bills are going to be lower while you're living in the home and therefore you're going to be able to pay the slightly higher mortgage payment. Interesting. So a good place to start is when you sit down with a loan officer to ask them, do they offer Fannie Mae backed loans? And if they do, are they familiar with the Homestyle Energy loan? Great advice. Very practical, very targeted, very well put. Thank you. And that's the kind of advice others listening to the podcast can use too. Anyone who's working in the real estate realm. Yeah. The more folks that are asking their loan officer about this product, the more loan officers are going to familiarize themselves <laughs> with that product offering. So I'll just say it currently is, you could probably say that's an underutilized product in the market, but it has great advantages for the actual home buyer. So Ryan, we've covered a bunch of topics here that we kind of squashed your voice a little bit. Anything that comes to mind here that's, that's relevant for you to bring up and engage with here? I think that I'll go back to something David said about the importance of energy efficiency. And it's important to note that the average homeowner pays more for energy costs than property taxes or insurance. And that's according to the 2015 American Housing Survey. So what it comes down to is that there's of those three costs, energy is the one that's not included in the underwriting process for the mortgage. And that's certainly where we're heading to. And I hope that it does happen quickly as David suggests it might. That would be great because that's really where it all comes down to is it's got to be part of that lending process. And as David also mentioned, it ResNet was originally formed by mortgage bankers with interest in how do we value energy efficiency? What role does it have or should it have in the mortgage underwriting process? And I'll share one other thing that I found interesting recently. The 2018 National Association of Realtors survey found that energy efficiency is about at the same level of importance as the style of kitchen. And since I got into the energy efficiency world in 2006, I've heard repeated over and over again, if energy efficiency was only as important as granite countertops, then we'd be successful. And so I think that we're about there and that the consumer is an important aspect of what's going to drive other changes within the real estate listings and appraisals and underwriting as well. As more consumers start to demand that, which it appears that they are, I think that the chances that it's going to increase the speed at which energy efficiency becomes incorporated within the real estate transaction process from start to finish is more likely. Do either of you see this, the movement and the direction of adoption kind of uh, surge or and retract relating to energy costs and sort of the mindfulness that people have of the cost of energy? Or has it been a consistent or is it kind of ebbed and flowed? I think that what the surveys show is that it does ebb and flow just like other economic considerations, that when times are tight, something that's going to save you money becomes a higher priority for you. Not that it drops off because as we're seeing the economy is doing better and people still think this is important. But the other thing that, that's just hard to tell is in the real estate world, 
when the market is doing well, it's very hard to tell what is driving the prices, right? Like when the tide is rising, it's very hard to parse out, oh, this is the factor that's driving home prices or no, that's the factor that's driving home prices. It's actually easier from an analysis point of view to parse out what might be keeping one type of home selling faster or selling for a higher price when the market has slowed a little bit. And Earth Advantage has worked with appraisers in our Northwest markets starting as far back as 2009 to do valuation studies. And that, those were trends that we've seen here. When the market was slow and there was a need for differentiation in the housing market, oh, a high-performing home, you could clearly see that that had differentiated itself from just any home. But when markets get white hot and any house sells very quickly and for above asking price, it becomes hard to understand what people are valuing in the market. I'll just share that. So in case somebody has done a valuation study in their market and the only time they've ever looked at it is in the last two years, it's going to be very hard. In a hot housing market of the last couple of years in a lot of major cities and major areas in the country, those markets are so hot, you're not going to be able to see that a premium is being associated with the high-performance homes because every home pretty much in those markets is selling at a premium. From a group that's been analyzing this for over 10 years, I'll just say that from an analysis standpoint, the timing matters on when you try to find something in the market. And that also has to do with we're talking about doing those analyses when not every home has information. So that's one thing we're really interested in examining the next couple of years here in Portland. Now with nearly every home having information in the listing, even when the market's hot, will we be able to see if that's making a difference or not? Because there'll be so much data, we'll have a chance to look at that. That'll be something we're really looking forward to sharing with everybody. Are there linkages being made to other factors, sort of maybe factors that consumers might find more interesting, uh, like the comfort and health of the environment of an energy-efficient home? I think hopefully we can all agree that when you do the right things for energy, you're also, you tend to improve health and comfort. Those are things that are going to be hard to put on a scorecard of any sort. But are those being talked about or discussed to pique interest, perhaps? That's what... For instance, a builder, their sales staff on a newly built high-performance home, they're more likely to talk about the comfort that high-performance home is going to deliver than purely energy efficiency. They're tied together, but they're going to sell it based on the comfort factor and on the health factor. High-performance homes built to certification standards especially are going to incorporate air quality measures that are going to make those homes healthier. That's obviously going to break down to who their targeted market is and who the individual buyer is and working with those sales agents. Those are things that are very approachable for folks. And I think back to Ryan's point about kitchens, beauty is in the eye of the beholder about the color of granite that was chosen for the countertops in the kitchen. It's pretty objective when you're talking about the fact that, hey, 
the air quality is better in this house, it's more comfortable, and your bills are going to be lower. You don't have to tell about, do I think this is beautiful or not? Like, those are things everybody can appreciate. Sure. We covered a lot of different topics here and broadly scoped the issue out. Is there anything that you or Ryan or David have to add here in, in sort of enclosure? Well, one thing I would point out that I talked about how I thought, oh, these big cities, metropolitan areas that led the way with commercial benchmarking might be the ones who lead the way in this effort. But I would be shortchanging other communities across the country if I just left that out there. Because we actually have been hearing, and I know other partners of ours have been hearing from more rural communities, smaller cities. Like, for instance, I'm traveling to talk to uh, city staff in Ann Arbor, Michigan next week because they're very interested in having a policy like the city of Portland. It's a smaller city, but I think you could probably say it's a city that probably really appreciates energy efficiency. Similarly, back here at home in Oregon, a similar city, Eugene, where the University of Oregon is based. Ann Arbor has University of Michigan. Eugene has University of Oregon. Eugene city staff and council are very interested in having a similar policy. I think you're going to find situations like that all over the country. I know I've talked to a HERS raider in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and he said, yeah, city staff in Fayetteville. Uh, very interested. They actually require HERS ratings on all new construction in Fayetteville. So I think in addition to those big cities, I think the communities across the country where you're going to find people who are willing to listen and not just listen, but take action, there's many more communities out there than you might think at first blush. Somehow you just need to keep the network of information flowing here to let people know where they can take action, where they have a place to set a hook. Ryan, closing thoughts from you. Yeah, I would say ResNet is really excited about this API and being able to get HERS ratings and uh, HERS rated home information into real estate listings. I'd say look for more listings in the future to contain HERS rating information, especially with the API, because it allows us to auto-populate that into the listings as opposed to the agent having to go and enter it, that in manually. So it's an exciting time. And I think that this API will really enable energy efficiency information to make its way into the real estate listings and ultimately into the entire real estate transaction process. Well, I want to thank both you, David and Ryan, for coming on here today and giving us a great overview of this whole interaction that you have going with data. I mean, it's really about data, but it's about influencing the way homes are built and the way homes are especially how they're valued. And I think if homes have a better recognition of the value, more of them will be built. That's what we're after, right? That's what we're after. Absolutely. Better performing homes for all. Yep. <laughs> build them right the first time and then fix up all those ones that could use a little more work. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill, I just want to thank you for the chance to join you on Res Talk and have this conversation with Ryan. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to getting Earth Advantage's Green Building Registry tied into that ResNet API. We're already testing it. We should have this functionality working soon and, and then continuing our work with ResNet to help move the market forward. Before we leave, 
contact info or backup or information on you? I know you share a lot of information at presentations, and of course, ResNet has a whole website and database, but specifically for Earth Advantage and for you, David, this topic, where can people reach out? Yeah, they can find us in our research information at earthadvantage.org. And then they can find out more information about the Green Building Registry at greenbuildingregistry.com. And if they want to reach out to you in particular with a question, can they reach you through the earthadvantage.org website? Yeah, or they can reach me directly at dheslam at earthadvantage.org. That's D-H-E-S-L-A-M at earthadvantage.org. Yep, that's it. Okay. Thanks again, guys. Really appreciate you coming on. And we hope the listeners got something out of this and take a look in the show notes for the links. And thank you for listening again to the Res Talk podcast. And we look forward to having you back again next time. Thanks, Bill. Great. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you heard something that will actually motivate you to kind of change your approach, to take a look at spreading this information, getting involved with the real estate community, is it it could serve your best interests and the interests of the community as a whole. Now, if you're a pro, a professional in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or to join the email list. You can also find out more about the ResNet conference, which is coming up in February, February of 2019 in New Orleans the ResNet conference link at resnet.us. You can follow ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter is the hat. The tag is at ResNetUS. Here's a little thought for the day. Collaboration is a key part of the success of any organization, executed through a clearly defined vision and mission and based on transparency and constant communication. That's by Dinesh Palawal. I think that's what David and Ryan are talking about here is trying to move this forward to get it in the hands of the community to provide value for consumers in the real estate market by educating the real estate market and providing this value of the home energy rating into the hands of consumers and to real estate professionals so this all can be valued together. If you're interested in feeding back to Resonant what you heard here today or would like to hear a new topic covered or have a general question, just please send an email over to info at resnet, R-E-S-N-E-T dot U-S. Also, if you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.